What did you think about Dion's hoodie he had on, Jordan? The gold, um, the gold pocket. I don't know that I loved it. It was an interesting I think, idea. I think it was perfect for Dion that's and his true. brand. Yeah, that's probably true. Well said. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com, and you can download the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Google Pod Center, um, other places online. We're also on Instagram, Wheel Route Podcast is the at. Send us a DM. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at on the dawn twitter x whatever we're calling it these days that's where i am lurking occasionally tweeting um yeah coming to you guys from stewart florida where we had a rainy weekend you know we needed a little bit of rain so we got some rain this weekend uh i did sneak some golf in this afternoon which was lovely um not so lovely with the condition of the greens at uh, heritage ridge but you know it's summertime they're, they're working on some things i I heard report of some nematode activity on one of the greens that was closed down. So you can't be having that. The single cell organisms all up in there. Um, but we'll continue to monitor the situation and uh, continue to pursue our quest of going low. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am once again in Harrisonburg, Virginia. He's done it. I've returned to the friendly city in one piece. Um, picking up the shackles and shambles of two weeks of intensive travel and activities, but I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm on twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. I would like to congratulate one of the many patron saints on the PGA Tour of this podcast, Mr. Sahith Thigala, for his dub at the Fortinet Championship. Did it go live? Weekend. Did it go official? I mean, he had a big enough lead that okay. I'm... I've seen enough. I'm he ready. was teeing off on 17 like when I was starting my computer, so I figured we're right. pretty good to go. He's got like a four-shot lead, so. Yeah. I have seen enough, as they say in the biz. Um, good point. So, yeah, congrats to him. That's that's big. and Congrats to his dad. More than him, yeah, congrats I'm to his dad. I'm always happy yes. for a reason to see more Mr. Tagala <laughs> uh, on the socials. Excellent. Uh, my name. Sorry, I had was activity was happening i had to mute it uh, my name is jason crick i ha have also returned to the friendly city after a brief sunday sojourn up to charm city to watch the birds of baltimore it was delightful um had a fun drive back of literally just like two hours and 45 minutes straight of drizzle just super annoying rain just mm. like Hard enough that you probably shouldn't turn cruise control on, so you got to like keep the calf flexed just enough to be annoying. Can't do it. Hmm. I'm sorry so. to hear that. Baseball weather is what they're calling it. Is that what they call it? That seems. What terrible. were you What were you doing in Charm City, Jason? I watched the Orioles uh, stage an, an incredible comeback to be the Tampa Bay Rays to split their four game series um, and remain two games up on the Rays in the AL East. Good things are happening. What's the magic number for the O's right now, Jason? So the O's, uh, the O's and Rays both 
clinched playoff spots today by way of Texas losing. Um, so they'll both be in the postseason. The magic number for the AL East is uh, 10. With okay, I want to say four, no, probably 12 or 13 games remaining. I'm not sure how many games remaining, but fun times two games up, and we have the season tiebreaker. There is no more game 163 because every team plays every divisional foe an odd number of times, so it's just straight up season. And you also have to squeeze in extra wild card games now, too. That's true, which is why if we I would we really need to win the AL East so we are not stuck playing an extra game like three game series, which sucks. We go straight to the ALDS, which is five games. So go birds. Baseball talk. Love it. Logan, I know that's direct path to your heart. So uh America's pastime. I mean right. listen, one day when you guys come and visit, I'll take you by the house that Tim Tebow built up in Port St. Lucie. You guys can really just take it all in. You want to talk about baseball. And, some, and, uh, and, and, and American traditions, yeah. <laughs> all right. Tim Tebow in every up. in every definition of the word, an American yes. tradition. Exactly, for sure. Born in the Philippines. Um, Jordan, how's the body? Let's give give us a little bit of a rundown. Can we can we get a, a body scan of how a things quick are going debrief, with you? A uh, quick debrief. You were in Vegas. You were in other places. Dakotas. I was in the Dakotas. Yes. I was in Vegas, and then. Most recently, we was in New York City. Wow. Uh, celebrating da, 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 da. the marriage of family of the podcast of the <laughs> program, uh, Trevor Shank, to his fiance, Chelsea. Lovely. Um, congrats to the lovely couple. Had you it been was... to the New York City before? I had. Okay. Um, I went and visited him years ago when he was doing his between third and fourth year internship. Oh, that's right. In the city. Um, but hadn't made it back up. So it was nice to get back in the mix with with a different lens, maybe a more seasoned travel lens. Sure. Um, yeah, had a great time. Uh, got to tour the Spotify offices at Four World Trade Center, uh, where my other brother uh, is employed, but does not spend time in that office very much. Um, they they got a legit setup up there. It seems it, it seemed to, to be the nice. surprise of nobody. Um, a lot of snacks. So thank you Spotify for the snacks <laughs> on Thursday <laughs> or Friday. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, body body is going to take some time yeah. to uh, to get back on on the biorhythms. Um, this is this is not an old man's game. These long weekend weddings. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got two coming up here soon. Just, just, you know, preparing. I, yeah. And I don't say that to imply that I did not have an awesome time. It was a wonderful time. Uh, would do it again. Oh, but of course. Need some R and R in yeah. between. You can only do so many luxury hours before you need to, uh, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of like maybe have a salad and a glass of water and like, just, you know, maybe a hot, a hot shower. Yeah. Yeah, there's also the component of, you know, traveling with family, um, which yes, love my family to death. Uh, Every single one of them. Love them all. I, yeah. yeah. Right. I also am very uh, used and accustomed to traveling solo. Right. Um, so some of the, the scheduled activities with a group uh, stretches me <laughs> at times. 
it's just all time diplomacy on the podcast. All right. Well, before anybody gets in trouble or any names get named uh, or anybody gets their feelings hurt, we'll keep it. We'll keep it cranking here. But I'm we're, I'm happy to see you back in Harrisonburg, and I was happy to see you looking fly in, in some pho- photography this weekend too. By the yeah, way. that was that was rehearsal dinner. Yeah, rehearsal dinner was cocktail cocktail attire uh, last night. The the main event was black tie. So suited photos will and be making their booted. way to to the socials. Was there a point. cummerbund? Was there a cummerbund situation? No cummerbund. Uh, uh, Trevor good. was adamant that cummerbunds would not be deployed. Smart. Um, you know, you got to be like, you got to be built, well built yeah. for the cummerbund to look a good. Very specific yeah. look. Yes. yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was pretty proud of myself. I ordered the suspenders with the tux rental. Yeah. Um, and ended up deploying them because the little like side adjusters mm. um, had some mechanical failure. Wow! Not not any fault of my own. Just you know, wear and tear gets to these things. So <laughs> I busted out the suspenders, dipping it and, down low and bringing it up slow. You know, you, yeah, you really it was the... it was a great move by me planning ahead. Oh yeah. Um, Plus, suspenders weird. is a nice prop to have, like on yeah. on your person's conversation piece. You know, if you if you find yourself on the dance floor, you just kind of finger the suspenders while you're bobbing around and just, you know, Swap things them work out. In a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Some horseplay can ensue if <laughs> if if you zap somebody else with suspenders. Exactly. Just good, clean fun. <laughs> uh, Jordan, I'd be happy to know the first lady of the Wheel Route podcast agrees. Look and fly. So, well done. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, is anybody drinking anything tonight? Jason, fresh off the road. I'm sure you're just pounding beers. I had, no, I had I had uh, a couple wildly overpriced beverages at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, and uh, my voice is also uh, my throat has not uh, held up to the excitement as well as I'd hoped. So I uh, hey. going going H two O this evening. Gotcha. You're welcome. Yeah, I've I've also got uh, various waters. I've got a San Pellegrino. Still <laughs> working through my my case race, my summer long case race sure. of San Pellegrino, and then I've got a larger vessel of still water for the table. Nice. So. All right. Well, I have a beer. Um, you know, this is a, the Margarita Ghost from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa. Oh yeah, it's nice. Very tangy. Refreshing. Mm-hmm. Hydrating. Exactly. It was hot. Your electrolytes today out on on the links. Let me tell you. Did you have any golf course bevies, or were you just locked no, in? I was locked in. Pastor, yeah. uh, Pastor Tim and I were we were locked in. Just a couple of Good bros. Pastor that. Tim was T- Pastor Tim was breaking in the new sticks. Um, it's really happy for him. So uh, yeah, it was great. We had a good time. Uh, okay, well let's get it going here. Everybody's back in their normal spots so the vibes should be up but uh i think well first of all let me just ask jordan were you able to take in much college football i'm sure no okay so not (laughs) i i did some watching of our first picked game uh i did some watching oof yeah Mm -mm. of our last picked game and minimal viewing in in between understood fair enough um i kind of thought it was like this was a fun week to just sort of like observe across the board like uh certainly was nice to have uva's game out of the way early um <laughs> and then you know florida didn't play until last night so it was, it was kind of a fun day to sort of just have the four i had the four box going most of the day um was tuned in to some some i wanted to be tuned into lsu mississippi state that got off the rails pretty early lsu 
put it on Mississippi State pretty squarely. But um, there were some weird ones going on there. Florida State, Boston College got a little got a little weird. Um, yeah, so I mean, we can kind of take it in order that we had it written here, but we'll touch on things. Yeah, so LSU, was, Mississippi State. Uh, I agree, and and this like we should have realized when we said it was a stinky week that well, it was yeah, probably of course. probably going to get weird. So because we have a really good week coming up, it's going to probably be all shellacking. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's okay, going to be so. twenty-one point games everywhere. So so mm-hmm. chalky this week, <laughs> which should help with our picks. Yeah, we got to get back here. <laughs> I say get back. Like I mean, I had I think I've only ever actually had one good year. So <laughs> maybe maybe we need to start um, providing more value to the listeners um, and talk about worse games. Louisiana State University was at Mississippi State. Um, there's a lot of talk before this game. They, uh, Jesse Palmer was on the call. They um, they they reminded Jesse of the time that Florida, I think, was number two in the country and went to Mississippi State and lost. And Palmer got like concussed and knocked out of the game and like guillotined in the end zone. And I mean, they were just like they were just dumping on this guy, showed him clips and footage. It was, it was pretty Super tough. But, yeah, he was <laughs> he was um, like, hey Jesse, remember the cowbells? And he's like, oh yeah, the cowbells. So much cowbell talk. Um, which also I think is a little ridiculous that they're just allowed to have cowbells. Just like I don't know, it's it. I I love miniature it weapons because it's campy, but it's like also like you know, it's just like so freaking loud. <laughs> it's like well, yeah, everybody's yeah. like <laughs> ringing like like purpose built instruments to, to like locate bovine across the countryside. Like I mean, what, what do you think is going on? So anyhow, <laughs> uh, LSU whooped them though. Uh, Mississippi State's yeah. offense is putrid. Like. Could not be more putrid. Hey, they, uh, it was great. They almost ground them. Did they? What was the yeah, 41, 41 14 was the final. Yeah. You never you never want to be on the uh, the end of one of those. But yeah. it's the, they can't they can't move the ball. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't even Do I don't even know that LSU's defense is like all world. They just can't move the ball. Yeah. Is Mississippi State's offense bad enough that they are pining for the days of Joe Moorhead? I think so. It might be. Yeah. They might be. They're, it just looks like they're employing a very like must champion approach right now, like That's not which fun is, is is not fun except for the, anybody except yeah. the opposing defense, <laughs> right? Yeah, just yeah. hammers into a concrete wall over and over, and, right? And yeah. I, there's a way to be like big, dumb, smashy mm-hmm. team and kind of like be elegant about it. And Stanford you know, did it for years. Yeah, try, well, and try to like use the big, dumb, smashy things to allow you to still be like explosive and to take advantage of the defense like they don't even appear to be trying to take advantage of anything no. they just it's just kind of like run power run quarterback rollout guy in flat like never going to make a first down even if he catches it you know it's, <laughs> it's really really no bad prayer of yeah. catching the first <laughs> just like flood right like yeah. oh just awful so anyhow i feel bad for mississippi state uh you know certainly probably weren't planning on your coach passing away during the off season but um you know not not great so Okay, Waco to you. I think we kind of joked about this one. It, it, this one got weird. Um, Dude, you fell apart. It was yes. bad. I watched a good good chunk of this, and like, admittedly, they were they were kind of floating on angel wings for a while because they were just like uh, Javon Harvey. I know, sorry, Lamari and James had uh, eighty yard fumble return and a sixty six yard interception return for touchdowns. Yeah, that helped. So, and then they had two like they had two or three huge explosive pass plays like early in the game too. So I think they like. That accounted for probably like over half of what they did in the yeah. game, and the rest was just very negative, inept ODU just trying to hold on. So we hard. About it, <laughs> they couldn't do it. Their quarterback is getting done no favors by the receivers. Like the receivers are not open on like any sustainable. Like 
if they don't get past the safeties, they're not going to get open. Like they mm-hmm. cannot get open in the second level. And that's tough. The quarterback's not good to throw them open, not good enough to throw them open either. So it, it it's quite a conundrum on the offensive side of the ball in North. Bobby Wilder, yeah. Bobby Wilder ain't walking through that door. That's really that sounds like you got to establish the run. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, they do want we can to talk to Mississippi State about that. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah, I, I would have liked for them to hold on. That'd have been a cool win for the Sun Belt. But man, they that second half was roof stoof on the offensive side. Yeah, they Wake was coming. It was just like you could see it happening every time you check here. Like, oh no, oh no. Wake is the master of the long developing play, <laughs> long developing mesh. That's right, and the long developing win. It, they had some truly poetic. There, there are long developing meshes, and then there are a couple ones that Wake ran on Saturday. Some of them were literally like two, three, four second. It holds. is so crazy like, that the quarterback doesn't just get his knees lit up yeah. from behind. Like they one just stand times. there, they stand there together, and like not even like not even hopping. They like they're very aware that they're gonna have time, so they just kind of walk together yeah. towards the line, and then they split. I it blew my mind how long some of those meshes were. It's crazy. But anyhow, shout out to the claw fence. Really excited for Dave Clawson's name to be in numerous coaching searches this offseason with no intention. Mississippi State, maybe. There we go. Michigan State. Yeah, who's to say? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of one that he would get floated for that would like make all the sense in the world, and he still wouldn't do it. So we'll see. Yeah. I think he's a wake man. All right. Speaking of wake men, Alabama at USF. This one was in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> this game was hideous. Pure. <laughs> yes, unadulterated. That's that stanky. That stanky. An affront to college football. It was really bad. Alabama started. Tyler is it Tyler Buckner? I it lost it? track. I think Buckner, that's right. Buckner started. The gentleman who transferred from Notre Dame, um, who you would think would have a leg up in the Tommy Reese offensive, uh, you know, playbook deployment, and and then I don't think I don't think Milrow played at all. They brought in nope. the third string guy. To play, uh, yeah. Third string guy did not attempt to pass, but Milrow did not see the field. I don't think. Yeah, apparently Milrow was the third best quarterback in practice this week. Therefore, that's what Alabama did. I can't. Um, I, I listen. I realize they they played in a storm. It was wet out. Yeah, there was I, a delay. There was a there was a delay like right after the but in the first quarter of this game. I think. I think it was the second quarter, but yeah, yeah. There was there was weather. There was inclement weather. So like I get it, but like there is no way that both of those quarterbacks are better than Milrow. Like there's just not. Yeah, I think that's the takeaway. Is like hard. I'm hard pressed to think that either of those two quarterbacks were doing things that Milrow couldn't do or couldn't do better. Yeah. And if it and so maybe this was, was maybe this was intentional. Like, yes. Like send, send let's give him a week. I think so. Settle him down. Yes. And you kind of assume like we'll win against USF, yep. but mm-hmm. now it seems to have backfired a bit in that like. <laughs> Oh no. no it's, we we accidentally didn't past, USF. We accidentally blew past teachable moment and straight into existential <laughs> crisis and I don't think yeah. that's yes. ideal. And listen, I think a lot of this like the bias is sort of like I think we all really want the Alabama dynasty to just kind of like go up in flames like deep down because it would be great content. But like or or maybe we're just like maybe we don't want it per se, but we're kind of like maybe a little tired of like high and mighty Nick Saban, you know, college football thing. Maybe I don't know, but it just seems like we're very quick to rush and say, like, oh, Alabama's yeah. over. This was a bad performance. I think yeah. it is indicative of some problems Alabama has. Their offensive line is just not good, and that is not something that you have been able to say before. 
Um, it's clear that maybe Saban has missed on a couple coordinator hires this past go around. Um, you know, I don't know that Bill O'Brien was setting the water, but uh, certainly the quarterback bailed them out a lot last year too, I believe. So uh, it's just interesting. I mean, Alabama, like what, what was the final score? 17 to three. Yeah. This game was three to three for like a long time. Yeah. 80% of it. Um, and eventually just kind of, you know, Alabama just sort of broke them a little bit. And I, I mean, I am hesitant to say that this is like indicative of the end of things. Um, if you look at Alabama's schedule, they very easily could like win nine games in a row. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, Alabama's 10 and one. Like, that's crazy. Hey, and, ask me what one of my flyer bonus bets was. Alabama to make the playoff. Alabama under. No. Win total. Other way. Oh, over. Yeah. So again, I mean, let's just, th- I yeah. saw that the Alabama's out of the top 10 for the first time in 138 weeks or something, but they play Ole Miss next, which is a game. That's going to be fun. Uh, yep. Should be, should be fun. But, you know, Lane, Lane would want nothing more than to get this done finally. And he, for whatever reason, has a tough time with Alabama. Um, but then it's Mississippi State, Texas AM doesn't look great. Arkansas doesn't look great. Tennessee doesn't look great. And then you have LSU. So, you could, and then they play Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn on the way out. So there's a lot of wins there, I think, mm-hmm. just realistically speaking. Um, if we look back on this Alabama season and they're 10 and 2, I don't think that it was all for naught. Um, but I'm sure fans will think that. So it'll be fine. But yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very curious. Shout out to USF. I guess maybe we should, uh, we should, you know, let them yeah, credit uh, where credit's due. Yeah, they, those they, young men played hard. They they did. They played hard. The defense showed up and played. Uh, the offense probably still work in progress. They need to get some things together. But they're doing. Um, that Tennessee's offensive coordinator from last year is their head coach, Alex Golish, I believe is his name. He is a, um, you know, an air raid aficionado. So they're trying to install that kind of Tennessee run and shoot thing over there. So maybe they need some time and some seasoning, but. Uh, yeah, just a, just a weird one. I mean, Alabama gets the win, grinds it out. Maybe this is just like uniform wake-up call for everybody. But that's probably being very charitable to the Alabama performance. Okay. Um, I didn't watch a second of this, but I saw that uh, VPI took took a tough one at Rutgers. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where. Jordan, this... was the city a buzz? Was the city oh, no. buzzing with with Rutgers' yeah. win over New, New York's college football team with a given, huge victory? Given how isolated we were in in the uh, elite walls of the yeah. New York Athletic Club mm. this weekend, um, what kind of athletics are they celebrating in there? Uh, there's a lot of Olympic tie-ins somehow, yeah. um, but it was also unclear. Like <laughs> that could be a whole separate podcast series about my my thoughts we could call evan in on the new york athletic club um but yeah didn't didn't hear much uh cheering for Rutgers this weekend okay which maybe is indicative that they expected to win this game handily yeah maybe shiano has already just brought it you know all the way back this didn't move the needle for them um i didn't i didn't watch a snap of this i don't know even know where it was broadcast i will say that and like you know, there's some skepticism with this, anyways. But the win probability on the ESPN.com box score at no point did it get below Rutgers 67. percent Wow. And that 67 percent was after uh, the first play of the game when Virginia Tech gained eight yards. 
Mm-hmm. And in the next play, they lost five, and it never got back to sixty-seven percent. <laughs> yeah, so, um, that was just, they were never really in the game. That's dark. Uh, the over did hit in this game, though, didn't it? That's yes, it did by a significant oh, amount. Yeah. Good, good for them. It closed yeah. at thirty-seven and a half, and it was thirty-five sixteen. So, oh, Rutgers dang near did it themselves. That's right. Against the lunch pail defense, to boot. <laughs> we we are heading towards another just real. Real disgusting Virginia Virginia Tech game this year, guys. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna draw a line in the sand today, September 17th. I am gonna start making myself excited about this year's college yes. cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be some extreme sicko mode football, though. I think I'm it's gonna really, choose to embrace yes. the nasty this year. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if Vic Hall comes out running the wild who, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, <laughs> can, yeah, <laughs> be still my heart. Yeah. Stop <laughs> the count at halftime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the immovable force meets the whatever uh, something object. The, or, the movable force meets the stoppable object. Or yes, whatever. exactly. There's stoppable it's, it's object real, meets the movable. It's force. real strength on strength, weakness on weakness uh, pillow fight. That's upcoming. I'm, I'm excited about it. So. Jordan, I like your approach. Um, let's take it to Chestnut Hill, where Florida State kind of had the game in hand, and then some and weird things happened, and then it was very tenuous at the end for Florida State. Things got strange. Um, things got uh, really I strange. I do want to say uh, Florida State had some great-looking alternate unis. Yes, they did. The White Helmets looked good, yeah. We must did. give it up. They did look good, yeah. That, that's for sure. Florida State sometimes gets – a they get a little aggressive with the detailing on like the shoulder area yeah. for mm-hmm. my taste. The, the patterns the way, inside the patterns inside yes, the patterns. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and there might be some, like, I don't want to be insensitive to uh, any sort of, there's probably Native some American, cultural yes, significance some Native, Native American tribes, but it's, it's kind of like, sometimes I have a tough time with like say Maryland's uniforms. There's a little bit of like over busy Maryland flagness that happens just a little too much going on. Anyhow, but they looked great this weekend. Uh, Boston College in their red bandana unis always looks good. Now, um, would you like to say there's too much going on on the red bandana unis? Would um, you like to go on the record? <laughs> Do we plant this flag in the ground? I would not. I would not like. To. I'm going to okay. pass. I'm going to take a plea the fifth on so, that one. As your as your communications professional, that is a savvy move. Logan. I just wanted yeah. to provide you the opportunity yeah. to make yourself clear. Senior, the other senior water resources engineer. Okay, thank that, you very much. I didn't get all the way there. But just blabbing on but um yeah so i mean this one florida state i think florida state's a little nicked up I, I think they were down two starting offensive linemen um just a little bit of injury jordan travis picked up a knock jordan travis also one of those guys always kind of injured kind of a ben roethlisberger type like you always know that jordan travis is in that know, regard maybe not in some <laughs> other regards correct correct Thank we you. don't want to throw allegations where they don't belong Always, always nicked up in that. Like Jordan Travis seems like the kind of guy that you're always going to see with giant ice packs on his knees after the game, like kind of hobbling around. Like, oh man, took it hard. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they played well. They really held on at the end. I mean, this really came down to the very end. Florida State was trying to ice the game. Um, Boston College looks like they had got off the field and were going to probably get the ball back with like a minute twenty to go. And the flag came in, face mask. Game was over at that point. Extended the drive. Um, and that was it. So Boston College committed 18 penalties in this game. So, you know, not helping yourself out. Uh, so you probably, you know, don't deserve to win a game that you're luckily in and commit 18 penalties in. But um, but kudos for being in the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of got themselves back in the game with some, uh, I think there was just like a defensive score or some sort of a return or something like that that kind of 
got themselves back in it a little bit there. But uh, yeah, would have been a big win for BC because I don't think I think Halfley is squarely on the on the hot seat. I think that's. Fair. I think this is year three or four for him. They appear to be maybe getting worse. Although they do have random games where like they almost beat Florida State or almost beat Clemson. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you can only get close so many times, and then also like lose to UConn and stuff like that. So, all right, Jason, tell us about the Dukes. They held on. The, yeah, the Dukes did did hold on. Um, this was purely defensive effort. Uh, by JMU, they uh, looked pretty decent early. I mean, we moved the ball well all day. Uh, we just kept stalling in the red zone. Um, at least in the first half, we didn't we did not move the ball in the second half. Um, but just kept kept kicking field goals, and um, that bites in a little bit when the other team scores touchdowns and wipes out two of those field goals in one go. And um, so. Yeah, got up, got up 16-7 in the third quarter, and the defense was. We held Troy to negative rush yards, and I think they have. They had one of the leading rushers in the conference last year. They they run the ball very well, and we held them to like negative 12 rush yards or something. Is that a lot of sacks? There was a couple sacks, but it was mostly like they just yeah. they, they tried getting like Bottle, running all sweeps. bottled up. I guess yeah. And yeah, it was it was a very impressive effort by the front four, and uh, there was actually a a really insightful. Because one of our line, our two linebackers were hurt, I think, and so we had like a freshman and a sophomore in, and they asked him about it, and he was like, "Honestly, my job was easy today. Like, I think our defensive line run fits were like ninety four percent or something like that." So he was like, "All I had to do was fill where I was supposed to fill, and there was always a running back there, just kind of blindsided by me running through the line." And so, love um, grading out in the ninety percentiles. I mean, don't we love? We all love when it. it. We've often said this. <laughs> And so um, we also love run fit talk. And there's one thing that I love. It's run, it's run fit talk. The, the or, phrase run fit is, the, yeah. is delightful. Um, coming, coming down the alley. I love that too. Still. Like Look at this this, still. you get a safety coming down the alley. Like I love that too. Yeah. I love that right. kind we've of talk. really, we've really kind of moved away from that as, as Virginia fans, because we used to get that heavy every time sure. Paul Johnson would come up on the schedule. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, it's good to hear that brought back. Every You're welcome. Now and then. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, that we kind of JMU scored its last points with 9:32 left in the third quarter, uh, and then just held on for dear life. Uh, pass defense. I'm I'm working I'm working to wrap my mind around it. I th- I think I have come to the conclusion that like we don't have just straight up studs in the secondary, so we do a lot of bend don't break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play red zone. What is yeah? What does uh, Bud Elliott call you? Play red zone roulette. Yeah, you just, it just you get him to the red zone, and then you, you can kind of tighten up a little bit. And we, we yeah, we, we let him get to where we have enough bodies and space to cover it, and hope that our right. D line gets to the quarterback. And frankly, probably not the worst strategy. Clearly, our D line is like nationally elite. So like, yeah. let's ask, Joe Milton, ask Joe Milton about that strategy. Yeah, yeah. use use that end line as a twelfth defender. Yeah. That's what it's like. as well. So, um, but Troy hadn't lost at home in like two years, um, so. It, just straight up a very a very good win on the road against the team that was picked first in the West Division. Uh, so the the second of like four straight hard games to start the year. Um, the Dukes go to Utah State 
next week, which wow. Utah State not great, but we got to fly out to Utah right after flying to Troy, Alabama, and then elevation. Yeah, and then you come back home, and we get South Alabama, who's the second place team in the West at home, and so and didn't and and absolutely put who they put the paws on this weekend. They just leveled Oklahoma State. Yeah, just that's right. Yeah, yeah. we should we should mention that still water. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? That just a situation. Have we heard from Mr. Gundy? There's a couple of happening. There's a couple of situations we need to keep an eye on. Oklahoma State after just absolutely getting waylaid by uh, South Alabama and I Iowa say, State. What is going on at Iowa State? That's true. I want to say uh, it might have been Bobby Big Wheel or somebody. I, whoever had the tweet, I apologize for not citing you right. But somebody said it's not the first time that Mike Gundy wanted a USA to stop the count, and I, I very much appreciated that. Yeah. Tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we love, good. We love, we love a good Mike Gundy. That's right. Chatter. Good, good week for the Sun Belt all around. Um, Dukes are three. Dukes are three and zero. Oh, uh, somehow lost their vote in the AP poll. Somebody had voted us twenty five and decided that we were no longer twenty five. But um, mm. just wasn't impressed enough with your victory over Troy. They were yeah, locked yeah. into it though. That's, that's really locked, yeah. they clearly were. Them. They had seen the film. They weren't impressed. I understand. I get it. So. No, you know what practically probably happens is like, oh, Florida won a random game, so I guess they should have some votes. Florida's gonna be like twenty third in the polls. Like, what are we doing? I think they're. I think they're twenty fifth. Okay, cool. Think, so yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that flagship Virginia win got a lot less. Uh, it it did. Weighty. Maryland took the took the Ken Palm rank. Yeah, let's talk about that. So Jordan, take us to Pickville real quick, yeah. and uh, let's do this. Pickville, here we come. Uh, bad week for me and Logan, Jason. Well done, son. Uh, this is on As, the as a live bullet firer, I hope you heeded your own picks. I did to some degree. I did. I will. I will correct you. I believe I was three and two and not four and one. Okay, but I did. Uh, in yeah, fact, I, right. I mean, it is all about unit allocation anyway, so I'm not really too worried. Well, about in it. fact, the the three correct picks I had were in a three pick parlay together. So, ooh, wow, Wor- worked out great. My spicy boy. Angry, an angry parlay. I love that. So, as Jason mentioned, he went 3 2 0. That's very big of you to self correct. The listeners, thank you for your honesty. Integrity. Um, Logan and I went 1 4 0. So, I'm not doubting the process, though. I don't don't feel bad about any of the picks I made. Yeah, that's good. Make them with conviction. Fair enough. (laughs) Say them with your chest and live with the results. That's how this goes. Uh, First pick, as we kind of hinted at was Virginia, Maryland. This was the Friday night uh, barn burner. I think this was on Fox, given that it was hosted by a B1G school. It was on Fox. Uh, I did get to watch some of this. I was streaming it on my phone at the rehearsal dinner, um, (laughs) which was more of just like, you know, meet, meet and greet, mill around. So there was ample opportunity to stream. I wasn't interrupting anything. I want, I want that to be clear. Um, (laughs) Saw the Who's go up 14-0. Loved what I saw from uh, starting quarterback Anthony Calandria. There was some some smoke that Tony yeah. Musket would be back behind center. He apparently was, like, ready to go up until. Game time decision. Yeah, so I don't know what went on there. I didn't do any digger, deeper digging. Um, but, yeah, we got, we got AC back there for another week. Uh, he looked great for about a quarter and a half, two quarters. Um, Maryland started to find some footing, and then the freshman quarterback endured a streak of three pass attempts resulting in three interceptions yeah. in the second half, 
and Maryland took uh, great advantage of all those opportunities. Any yes. any coach will tell you. That's so. Yeah, the line on this was uh, Maryland by fourteen and a half. They scored forty-two unanswered to cover uh, soundly. Yeah, final score 42-14. Virginia was up 14-0, and then there was a kick return for touchdown, I believe, from Maryland. Yes, right after the second score. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, I like Calandria. He's got moxie, that's for sure. Not afraid yes, to try he's, to... He's the walking definition of moxie. Spencer Hall calls it Tampa confidence. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's from Fort Lauderdale, but we, we take it, you know. Close enough. It's the, yeah, 1B when it comes to, you know, yep. moxie, I guess, but... Yeah, uh, it was just really frustrating to watch Virginia in this game. They're like, I was texting with a buddy, but they're like so close to being not terrible. Yeah, and they are, they but like, can't get out of they area. can't, they can't. Like, uh, we watched the Florida Utah game. This was like kind of reminded me a little bit of the Florida Utah game. Um, just like ill-timed things, dropped passes. You know, they're in the first half. There, like, it's still a game. Um, right before halftime. I think he had a really bad drop pass. Uh, guys wide open, running butt naked wide open down the sideline. Has to try throw there either. Not the best throw, but um, you know, hit him in hands, and he was in bounds. And you know, you got sometimes you got to make a play. You got to HBO, as Robert Griffin III says, help a brother out. And uh, he he did not do that. And <laughs> the receiver, um, which is tough. Uh, did you guys? The announcer was going hog wild in this game too. I don't know if you had the sound yeah. on loud enough. Several, Man. several like exclamations and <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of like kind of growling uh, going on. But he's yeah. doing some posturing for like the next Gus Johnson. Yeah, sure. And it's a little disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't love frankly, own, frankly, it's brain. a little disgusting. Frankly, <laughs> it's way too much. <laughs> yeah, and, but then just you know, just this stuff kind of compile com- compiles or compounds, I should say, on UVA. Um, they pretty much dropped what would have been a pick six in the end zone. It would have been a hundred yard pick six right after Calandria threw a pick in the end zone. You know, you would hope that Calandria doesn't throw a pick into the end zone. You're going in the end zone. So, I mean, that's a, who, who can even count the number of points swing that is right yeah. there. All those things kind of breaking against you. It's just Virginia's not good enough to not take advantage of things that are given to them. And then also to give a bunch of stuff up. Um, I like, that they took some more vertical shots with Calandria and kind of let him, I mean, he can, he can throw the ball. It's he, yep. he throws pretty ball and he's like, you know, pretty good at actually like, again, he throws that seam. He throws it over the middle really well, but he's going to throw some interceptions <laughs> clearly. And, uh, you know, Maryland was able to take advantage of that. I'm not here saying that I think Virginia should have won the game necessarily, but I don't think, I think Virginia was in this game a little bit more than a 40, letting 42 points straight go in would yep. It's no, it snowballed on them. Yeah. And I think, like, when you've had the start to the season that they've had, like, it starts to become more and more apparent. And I think this is something Colandria will hopefully grow out of as he gets some more seasoning on him. But, like, every play becomes that much bigger and there's yeah. that much more pressure on an opportunity when it presents itself. Right. That you start to press and, like, Calandria's second and third interceptions were like he was just forcing it. Yes. And you need you need to be able to take a step back and be like, all right, what happened the last time I threw a pass is done. Yeah. Let's go run the offense again rather than I'm gonna get the seven points Maryland scored back and I'm gonna get extra points from somewhere. Right. Those don't exist. Yeah. So 
yeah, there's a, there's a healthy dose of reality that needs to be introduced there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't yep. know that I've, I, I don't know that I've seen enough. I, I continue to want a little bit more schematically from Virginia to try to take advantage and maybe put the quarterback in some, they find some stuff that works and it, it seems like they kind of go to the well a little bit too often. And then they kind of, you know, Calandria is going to get caught with his hand at the cookie jar and he has in back-to-back games now um, a couple times. And I don't necessarily think that's always on him. Uh, I think the play calling needs to help him out. So that's all. Yep. That's fair. Uh, we moved to Saturday. South Ugh. Carolina was at Georgia. Chris. Uh, Logan pre-recording was expressing some uh, consternation about the Georgia Bulldog football machine. So Logan, why don't why don't you? Oh, no, no it, it's just absolutely fine. But like Georgia is not going to have to stress themselves at all at any point this year. Um, during the regular season, I don't know who is going to challenge them. Um, I would like to see them. I think, I think the eye test is sort of a part of why we watch college football, and I would like to see. So, Georgia... are you are you likening Georgia to Scotty Scheffler at this point? <laughs> yes, I am actually. Yeah, strokes. <laughs> they're gaining a lot of strokes, D to green, uh, but around the end zone. Now, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to. I can't like put my finger on anything. Um, I mean, this is Georgia did willfully hire Mike Bobo to come back and call plays. So, I mean, this they they're, sure they're kind of getting maybe a little bit what they asked for on offense. Their defense is good, continues to be great. Um, but yeah, I just you know they they kind of are totally down to play like bland, soulless football and sort of patch things together. And I would love, I think I just would love for them to play a team that would maybe stress them a little bit. And I mean, South Carolina is not it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think any of us thought South Carolina was going to be at Spencer Rattler and, and them boys. But um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just been weird. It's been weird, been weird vibes for Georgia this year so far. Um, they remind me, they remind me of the, like the murder ball Alabama teams that just like, they're like, fine. Yeah. Like get within 12. Like we don't care. And there's just nothing you can do about it. But congrats to Coach Shane. He did cover in right. his return home to Athens. Right. So. Yes, he did. I texted you guys about it, but I was listening to the full cast after dark, and Ryan Nani did make a beautiful point about South Carolina in which he said that like, no team in the country does a better job of making both teams feel bad about the outcome of a game like South Carolina does. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that is, that is so good. Just like you play the game and everybody's like, ah, oh, Jason. Like that, that was terrible. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about South Carolina. This also continued, I continued to like feel weird about, we didn't talk about North Carolina. They uh, played Minnesota this weekend. They won. Um, I, 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 again, North Carolina like has moments where they look really, really, really awesome too. And then having watched them really boss around South Carolina, you know, you don't want to do too much transitive stuff because each game sort of stands on its own. And that was the first game of the year and everything else. But um yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm just, I'm curious. I got my eyes on Georgia. If Georgia catches an L, I don't think, based on what we've seen so far in the SEC, that you know, unless like Ole Miss goes undefeated or something, that you're gonna have like a, a mega deserving like SEC team in that like uh, that should be able to get in, based on wins and losses. Uh, Fair enough. The the best SEC team will always make the playoff. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think that, like, that... I don't think that that's wrong, but, like... Correct. 
I, I, I think just that on paper from a deserving standpoint, wise, they might not deserve. They might not deserve it. Yeah, I agree. You wouldn't say like, oh yeah, that's the one or two seeds. Yes, yeah, please. Like, <laughs> like we have in years past. Uh, 5 p.m. We had Washington at Michigan State. Patron Saint, newly minted That's right. patron saint of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Do we want to break that news here. at the same time? Because I didn't watch any of this game. I That's just right. saw the footage. Yeah, and, breaking and, news. We have invested uh, significant ad revenue into a Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. to win the Heisman Trophy yep. future. Uh, we did this legally while Jason was out of Commonwealth boundaries in, Maryland. In, in a different jurisdiction. Yep. So, feds, hop off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't watch a lick of it. I was obviously wrong about maybe <laughs> some some new energy being a good thing for the Spartans. That's on me. I'll wear it on my record. Um, I got nothing else for this game. Yeah, I didn't. I only saw highlights, and and like admittedly, I, there was at least one pass that was like deflected into somebody's hands, and like was a real. When you're going, you're going kind of play. Ties but, magic, baby. Yeah, but man, I, they just carved Michigan State into pieces. A, a real a lefty, a la Tim Tebow. Would he be the first lefty to win the Heisman since Tebes? Probably. Probably. Tua didn't win it, did he? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I so, don't but think maybe he did. did. He got hurt, right? And he broke his hip. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, Michael Such Phoenix. Um, person injury. He did. Uh, so. Yeah, he attempt so yeah, he completed third 27 passes for 473 yards. That is pretty good. That 27 is 27 to 35 for 473 and four tuds. That is the and Logan Whitehouse NCAA 2000 and whatever, like oh. two offense, just straight daggers, just right <laughs> four verts all the Why time. Why would you turn towards the line of scrimmage before your 10 yard downfield? <laughs> yeah, that's the, Rex, that's Rex Grossman, eyes closed, letting it letting it hang. So I love that. Um yep. Yeah, I didn't watch any of this either. Uh, I w- was going to go check on it, and then I saw what the final score was. So, um, it's all right. Michigan State. Hmm. You up? You up, dog? Uh, yeah. All right. Going through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rex Grossman. Do we want to – well, no, no. Let's – because I both of these last two games are going to be our biggest talkers. So, we got to – Our uh, Our fourth game was Tennessee at the Swamp at night. Coach Billy, majestic black polo for the night game. Always. That's his thing. I didn't watch it. We were tracking scores. Uh, Pretty impressed that Florida seemed to, like, score early, built built a comfortable lead, and then salted it away. Put the clamps on. Yeah. Florida put them in the torture chamber. This This was proof of concept Billy Napier game is really what this was in my mind. Um, I don't know that this means Florida won't lose another stupid game this year or that Florida is back or anything like that, but this is the proof of concept game like that Billy Napier will have pleasant dreams about, if that makes sense. You know, he's just... Uh, that makes his agent happy. Yeah, well, that that too. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, Tennessee had one drive. Uh, they're the first time they got the ball. Well, Florida got had the ball... Um, went on like a seven minute long drive and missed a field goal uh, to honor Will Muschamp. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Tennessee gets the ball. And I think like in six plays scores a touchdown and you're kind of thinking like, Oh no, here we go. But one thing that we don't do on this podcast is overreact 
to scripted first drives. We would never. We would never yeah. do that. Uh, we do not do that. We encourage you also, fans out there, not to do that. Um, Florida's defense looked good. Um, they had Milton in trouble. They didn't really like sack him a ton, but there was enough pressure and they kind of kept the pocket contained enough that, um, you know, and I think it was really loud in the swamp and Milton just like, he wasn't, he didn't look very good. Just didn't really look, he didn't look very good. And and he wasn't able, you know, to take like the, the mega deep shots that it seems like they rely on. Um, if you can, I mean, he's Felipe Franks with better marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and dreads. Love it. Um, nah, so I, I was flipping over to this one uh, during commercials of the JMU game, which was going at the same time. Um, but yeah, it, it felt like, so I saw mostly second half. I don't think I saw much of the first half. But oh, okay. so it, yeah, the second half was kind of, Florida clearly was trying to get out of there. They were just sitting on the ball. And so, but I, that, like you said, the defense had them very uncomfortable. And um, yeah, it just felt like Milton, he, he, I don't think he ever got his feet set in any play that I ever saw. Yeah. Like even, even quick passes, like he was kind of just like, dodging around and stuff. So Florida got after him. And I think that's, you know, like you said, I think that's, that's what Billy's going for. And that's, it, it can work there. I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to work for nine more games consecutively this year, but no, I think, I think Florida um, does the like Virginia basketball thing a little bit where like they do kind of shrink their margin for error by playing <laughs> like their ideal game. However, their ideal game is not the game that most teams want to play right. nowadays. So it kind of like, it, right. it, it draws you into the trap a little bit. Um, I think Florida had the ball for 22 and a half minutes in the first half. Uh, they had like three monster drives, um, all resulted in points after the missed field goal. I, I don't know. Was it 24 to seven at halftime or something like that? Or 22. 20, they, 26. Seven. They, yeah. They had a blocked, they had a blocked kick or blocked uh, extra point. So the special yeah. teams woes continued to be, a little bit alarming in Gainesville re missed kicks, but a new kicker came in and made a field goal in the second half, which was good. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, generally, I think I was, I was impressed with how Florida stuck to the run game. They didn't, you know, they Florida did all of that against Tennessee with only one like explosive play too. I mean, they, yeah. they really like, they just, grinded them. they just made, made them very uncomfortable for 60 minutes. And so, I think so Florida really, can beat good teams. If you, if you see that. the 62 yard run that ETN busted off in the first half, at the end of the first quarter, um, it was a touchdown. Some of the worst tackling, uh, worst yeah. secondary tackling you'll ever see. Just like guys just kind of like not like, Some bumper getting, cars. getting arms on them. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I was just like, I, I think, I think my takeaway is it's proof of concept uh, more than anything else. So um, Florida tried to get Trey Wilson involved early. I think he caught five balls on the first drive <laughs> and um, left the game with a clavicle injury. Uh, I think he's, it's a bruise apparently. So he'll be back. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, it wasn't like a beautiful game and the second half certainly left a little bit to be desired from Florida. But I also think that they were trying their hardest to kind of just make it tough for Tennessee and keep the clock moving. And you know, if they had scored one more touchdown, then it's kind of like a, a definite runaway and hide blowout kind of game. So, you know, that's that's okay. There's still some coachable moments in there. Uh, but I was impressed. Uh, I was, you know, I felt a little personally vindicated on some of my, like, partially haterific Joe Milton takes uh, watching this game. Jason, did you see the interception that he threw in the first half or the highlight of it? So no, the pocket was, like, kind of collapsing on him. And you oh, see wait, him. was this, this – no, this was this a deep ball? 
Yes. Well, yeah, he tried to throw a deep ball. Maybe I did. He threw it straight in the air. So, like, the safety caught it like it was a punt. Yeah. Like, he, like, fair caught it. Russell Wilson ball. It was to the wrong side of the field, wasn't it? Or, like, a miscommunication? Yeah. I think, well, he was, so he was getting planted, but the guy who was planting him was 435 pound Desmond Watson. And, like, he took the shoulder like into the ground like the oh full refrigerator door like just falling on you oh, it was thanks. yeah nope. it was wild i'm good um i'm all set on that for uh i'm gonna go Joe. complain about walking the mountain nine that seems that seems like a better option <laughs> yeah there you go yeah uh, regarding tennessee i mean I, I they they've been running the ball pretty good the defense is pretty disruptive this year i think florida did a great job um jordan you've watched a good amount of florida like when they really kind of get it cooking and the quarterback looks comfortable they are doing like some version of misdirection on every play they're big on counter they're big on like getting the flow one way and boot like naked bootlegs and stuff like that they had it all going and i think took advantage of a little bit of tennessee's defensive aggression and tennessee wasn't able to run the ball on florida and and you know florida's gotten a lot bigger on the defensive line and that's really helped them out a lot this year so yeah um yeah i think when florida is at their best and this is true at a lot of college football programs but they give their quarterback very specific instructions and a recipe to follow and they don't ask too much of him um and i think it's really like that's needed with a guy like graham mertz yes. under center but it's also impressive that they have stuck to that after a year of having kind of the ultimate get out of jail free card <laughs> in yes. Anthony richardson under center that they were just able to slide back into okay like let's go back to very specific baking recipes rather than like, we're, yeah, we're going to cook off of instinct. Right. And I think so. that's because, yeah. And, and that very much fits with Napier's kind of, I think his intended philosophy of being extremely analytical and playing to the numbers and, and all that. So um, yeah, I mean, I think Mertz like completed 80% of his passes, but I think he, he threw the ball a lot, but only for like 180 yards. So they're, you know, not really stretching it down the field uh, very much. Job, though. Did his job, and without your probably big play threat, that clearly was going to be a big part of the game. Um, you know, I think Florida managed it pretty well. So exciting times! They welcome uh, the fighting Biff Pogies to town next weekend. So mm. oh, love that. <laughs> fresh off, going to play well down there. Yeah, fresh off a wild post game interview uh, by Mister Pogies. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> Everybody safe. Yep. No, no earthquakes in yeah. the area. We're all good. The fifth and final game of our Saturday slate. Oof. Colorado State at Colorado. A, a battle for the ages. The Buffaloes and the Rams, I think the Colorado States are. Yep. Um, we had a lot of spicy talk leading into this one. Uh, Dion was very clear that it was now personal due to Coach Jay Norvell's comments about hats and sunglasses. Uh, Coach Dion passed out complimentary sunglasses to the team's uh, players, made sure to film that as well. Dion, big content guy. Um, yes. I, that's, that's one of the things I could do without, but I understand why, why it is the way it is. Um, so yeah, I, I took Colorado here, thought they would blow the doors off Colorado State. Um, I am now over in terms of the correct side of Colorado Buffalo lines this year. Yeah. 
And at this point, uh, I think I'm just going to tail whatever Jason picks in these games. <laughs> yeah. So that I can either. I hope they play early. I hope success. they play early next week at Out- at Autzen, so we can uh, we can let Jason pick first. That's a tough so one. They're like 18 share. point underdogs at Autzen or something like that. Yeah, I want to either share in Jason's successes or drag him into the sewer with me. I appreciate these that. Games. That's fair. Well, it's all strategic. Jordan, um, Jordan's saying that because I had two victories in this one game. That- <laughs> So, yeah, my experience with this game, um, this was wedding night, obviously. Uh, We left the uh, reception, headed to the after party, Mm. which new territory for me, wedding after party. Um, (laughs) Fun time, though. Like, again, not saying that as a hater. It's just, you know, new experiences are good. I'm proud of you. Fun time. I was tracking the score. The bar that the after party was at had zero football on, which, um, but hey, that's New York, you know. What what part of Manhattan were you in? Can I ask? Well, so the the whole shindig was New York Athletic Club, which is at the southern point across the street from Central Park. Yeah, and so we're like 58th, 59th Street. Yeah, Um, the bar that the after party was at was like three blocks away. Okay. So that takes um, up. Yeah. So I was tracking the score, uh, in, in, during the after party at points, um, saw that Colorado scored first, I believe went up seven, nothing. Yeah. And I thought, great. This is all going according to plan. My, my five game parlay of straight straight, straight spread picks, no teasers, uh, has life. Uh, Colorado State battled back into it. They kind of traded scores. Uh, I returned to the hotel room, watched, I think, Colorado pull within eight and ultimately succumbed to sleep mm. and then woke up to find out that this uh, this was an extra time affair and Colorado pulled it out. They did. So yeah. good, good, good for the buffs. So my experience with this game is I watched the first like two quarters. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, felt good about my Colorado State getting, I think, 23 in the hook, 24 in the hook. Uh, yeah. Lobbed in a Colorado minus four and a half bet and the over. And then tried to stay awake and fell asleep for the entirety of the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's great. I woke up. Switching hour got you. I woke up with like 20 seconds or it was no, it was like 20 yards left in Colorado's last drive to tie the game, um, which was an incredible drive by all accounts. I'm glad I saw the very end of it. Um, and that forced overtime. And then, yeah, the two overtimes basically went the only way possible for both the minus four and a half and the over to cash. Because if they'd have gotten to the third overtime, it would not, they'd have had to go, it'd have been two point conversions. Margin was going to be two. They, yeah. they couldn't have covered the four and a half. Right. Um, so I, I watched the last. How, how though, do we know if a failed two point conversion gets returned the other way? How does that score? I assume it's just to the other way. I'm okay. sure it would be like if you did it in during like a, a walk off. Yeah. Okay. But but I it's, think it'd be, it'd be but, a walk off regardless. Yes, it's a, it's probably a, well yeah. If you score, it's walk off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, um, you're like, no, no, no. We want to, we want to, we wanted to get our chance to get our two points. We would like, we would like to win this by four. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, the over/under betters would like to see. That's a chance. true. So well, maybe not. The, the, so most of this game that I saw, Colorado State looked looked pretty decent. 
for the entire like the first two and a half. This was quarters. definitely a rivalry game. Yeah, it was some bad blood. Colorado State was doing some things that they shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I well, saw a very dirty hit on Travis, and Hunter. it unfortunately cost cost Travis the rest of the game and apparently probably a couple weeks. Um, a couple weeks. That wasn't even. I mean, it was it was very blatantly bad and raised fair questions about like, okay, if that's not targeting, like, what is because the ball. It was a deep ball, and it was an overthrown pass. Pretty good coverage. And then the safety watched the ball well, the land. the coverage drew a pass interference flag. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It was. I forgot about all that. Um, but Yeah, the safety no. just drifted over to, like, clean up the play. And just he decided, like, he, decided he was going to hit him regardless of yeah. when, you know, when when the ball got there or and not. So, so. I, I don't know. We don't, I don't think we know what the He just finished is. watching Swamp Kings. He saw the major right hit. You know, he tried to time it up. Yeah. It's just uh, you know, he, not going to happen. He failed. Too much um, dip on his chip. Right. But um, yeah, young so that man, was a bummer. And young then, man got I don't know that... on the the tying touchdown. Also, number Sorry, eleven, what? the white safety, number eleven yeah. from Colorado State, got absolutely cooked on the on the he tying did. touchdown. So That's you correct. Know, come on, um, scene for a guy wearing the captain's C. Yes. Yeah, not great. And and credit to Shador Sanders who like rolled thirty yards downfield to get in the dude's face and like got into it with him and hmm. yeah. so like. Credit to they, him. would never have thought Sanders would be stirring stirring at half midfield. This is only like the third time in two games he's done that. I mean, to be fair, this one doesn't seem like it's on him. But no, that's right. No, I, I, um, listen, I don't mind backing up your guy. Right. Anyways, so I don't know if that cost Colorado some offensive oomph for what, but they didn't really. They kind of spun their wheels for uh, three and a half quarters until they got it going yeah. at the end there. Um, and you know, Shiro Sanders, really good quarterback. I know they. I, Colorado was playing without their starting center, I believe that. I think I remember their, that. Their offensive line clearly is not like great, but he's like he and, is, and he's not like fast, but he's mobile enough to yeah. extend the plays, and he like does a really good job. He rolls out his eyes downfield, and he throws. I mean, he puts some pepper on some of those he passes over the middle. Like, oh, I did. I did see him run the ball too on some plays that uh, broke down, which I didn't see much yeah, of. He can he can pick up positive. He's he's a really good player. He's very he's yeah. very good. I, I think it's a weird circumstance and I, I this is not my thought. I saw this on Twitter, but it was like basically everybody who said, man, Colorado's got a real problem with their offensive line was correct. Like their offensive line is not up to snuff. Yeah. It's gonna be run over by Utah. They're scheming, they're scheming around it like really but, well. But it doesn't seem to matter yet. They're playing like they're just beating these teams. They're moving Chador around. They're they have elite skill players. Like it's they're they are a fascinating football team, and might have to can... send Des Kitching some uh, Colorado film. Yeah, love that. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, the, the part of this parts of this game that I was conscious for, super fun, really, really great, and you know, helps that it all went my way. But like, it, it was a fun game. I I wish it didn't cost one of the most exciting players in the country a couple weeks, but. Um, yeah. Well, him playing 115 snaps again was going to cost him a couple weeks eventually, but I can't. I can't disagree with that. Not but. to say that. Not to say that dirty hits should happen. Um, Jay Norvell anyway. a lot to take in on the sideline. He kind of like patrols the sideline, like very much like like a cop. That was a that was a wild uh, juxtaposition of head coaches. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it was just like he just seems so like strangely intense, and then you have yeah. Dion, who's just like totally down for any and all interactions uh, and content. You know, <laughs> big yeah. content guy. Big <laughs> content guy. Um, you want to play? I think I I already spoiled this one. If you heard me say it, but 
uh, what the line and opt-in is. Oh, uh, I think I heard you say 18, right? I think it opened at 18. It is If it did open it up at 18 and I saw it correctly, it's up to 20 and a half now. Mm, okay. So There was some uh, footage you got from, three days like, to think about that crap, I guess. Was it Pac-12 media days or it was like some Dan Lanning was saying something about Colorado at some point in the not-so-distant past that has, has been making the rounds on Twitter. He was saying something to the effect, like, I guess they were asking him about, it must have been when Colorado announced they were leaving the Pac-12 because they were in, like, the first group or the, the second oh, group, I, I guess, to leave. And Lanning, I think Lanning ago, said, yeah. like, what has Colorado ever done, one, in the Pac-12? Like, we're not worried about them leaving. <laughs> so yeah. now, of course, that has... Uh, that Awkward. is, you know, that is back. So we will have some bulletin board material for Coach Prime and the boys. Um, I also don't, I don't remember who tweeted this. Or somebody, it might have been Dan Wilkin, or I'm just slandering his name for no reason. Somebody got out of pocket yeah, today. He, he could use a little slandering. He's and it was like, if D, if uh, Dion had gotten to Colorado last year, the Pac-12 would have been saved because Colorado would still be, would oh, still be in the Pac-12. And yeah. it was just like, no man, like so many parts of that are wrong. Like Dion came to Colorado with the express intent of getting them into a Texas-based league. Like, All right. you you got zero points for this attempt at a hot take. I don't think it was Dan Walken. I think it was like a... I'll look it up I, I, so I don't yeah. slander the name real quick. I don't know. Um, Feinbaum was out here floating Dion to the Gators. Uh, this was before the Tennessee game. Which before was, the signature win. Uh, before the signature win, the Billy Navier tenure. <laughs> yeah, that's 100% right. 0% Dan Walken, 100% Dennis Dodd. So that checks out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Dennis Dodd, interesting. I mean, Dan Wolken has he's had he steps into it occasionally on the Twitter. He does. He's, he's, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a wet blanket. Wolken's big thing is like his, he wrote the book Death of the BCS. Like he he's just the he's the guy that's like don't forget there's everybody's getting screwed in this game. It's like yeah man we know like yes we get it. That's what I'm saying. He's just like an just extreme. He's it. just an extreme yeah. wet blanket. Like you yeah. know. So uh, all right well. I mean, I'm excited. That was Pixville. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait to do it again. <laughs> to see what we think about Colorado against some other team. Um, I I am wondering, just you know, we can talk about it for a second, but like Oregon clearly going to have like a vast advantage at on the on the lines spots. on the lines of scrimmage. And Dan Lanning's a great defensive coach, and Bo Nix at home. Big oh, game, Bo Nix big, is a plus. big game, home Bo Nix at 30 years it's old. Husband, it's an, and father. it's an afternoon game. Honestly, I think a, a night game would be worth like three or four more points. Yeah, husband and father Bo Nix out here applying his trade. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I keep thinking that like Colorado is gonna get got, and they kind of have wriggled themselves. Like they're finding ways to win games in sort of different avenues. They had a comeback this week. Um, you know, sort of a slow offensive week but they had to come back they were able to get into an absolute track meet with tcu um they kind of just like wore just down lasted yeah they nebraska. wore down nebraska like they haven't like like really like pulled away from anybody yet but they've won close games and they've won them in different ways so it's like that and on one hand that's very impressive on the other hand it's like how tenuous is right. like you know how? I mean, is it a depth? How sharp is, is it the razor's edge? Well, yeah, is it walking. is it a depth thing? Like, I mean, are they going to be able to score seventeen points in the first half and then just like have nothing left? Um, you know, we'll see. I haven't seen Oregon play really much yet this year. It seems yeah. like Bo Nix has been doing his thing though. So I'm excited. Uh, to watch. It's going to be a super fun game. I'm very excited. A, a wild thing to say, uh, but I do love I do love that we get more Bo Nix. So 
Next week, next week should be fun. I think we, we have Ohio State and Notre Dame as well. And Florida, we got... Florida State, Clemson. There's another Pac-12 game that's top 25. Is it Washington, USC or something? So we have next week we have Florida State at Clemson, um, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA at Utah, Ole Miss mm, at yeah. Alabama. Um, let's see. I'm just running through the list here. Might pick, have to pick eight games this week. Pickville, it's, it's a get right. It's a get right week for, in Pickville. Uh, Virginia Tech as nine point underdogs at Marshall. Yeah, anybody? What? Know? Yeah. I mean, Marshall's good, and Virginia Tech's very much that. I think that's the right line. I I would probably take nine. Nine seems right, like a big line. Let's play a fun game real quick. Which oh of the two <laughs> ACC schools located in the Commonwealth of Virginia records their first win? Fool. Mercy, okay. that's a dark. Oh, that is a dark thing to ask. Well, I know UVA's got NC State next. UVA does go to Chestnut Hill, and then they play William and Mary on ten seven. Okay. So well, I can't. I can't find Virginia's schedule. Two opportunities. Are they off this week? Virginia plays on nine twenty two. NC State. Yeah, I think that's another Friday night. Oh, it's Friday. Yeah, that's right. that's nine thirty. They play BC, and on the ten seven they play. They they're off after William and Mary to get ready for North Carolina and Miami. I mean, Virginia Tech goes to Marshall. They got home pit. They go to Florida State. Home oh, pit, wake. Dude, pit, pit, pit Virginia Tech is going to be like – the total in that game is going to be like 28. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a – That game is going to be awesome. That game is yeah. going to be disgusting. <laughs> It'll be I don't like know. This a... is a very good I, – I think – I think I would pick Virginia on the 30th at Boston College. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I don't know. Robert and I's got to got to come score some points in Scott Stadium, which has been a struggle for That's him. In the past, also, for so. like maybe maybe they get it by default because they play before. Did yeah, Sprint and Armstrong just like freak out in this game and like start throwing? Are it they gonna Virginia do like Virginia a? Moments. Are they gonna do like a like when Jamal Tinsley comes back a to the home to the video. to the Pacers and like you know do like a welcome home video <laughs> of him uh, just getting like waylaid and <laughs> throwing interceptions, occasional TDs. Maybe they'll throw, they'll show that play that Robert and I schemed up at the end of the Virginia Tech game, the double throwback to the, the offensive, offensive line. line. And still, oh. occasionally, I think about that and just get so triggered. But <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good thing your wife's a, a mental health professional. She is. Yeah. God bless her. Speaking of, if any of you guys want to talk to her, you just Venmo me like 110 bucks, and you can talk to her for up to 45 minutes. So. Not a, not a second longer, and we don't. Does that go for the listeners as well? Is we that a, hey. is that our first promotional <laughs> offer? There, the DMs are open. First the DMs, the DMs are open. Shout out. Uh, code wheel route when booking <laughs> Dr. Emily Whitehouse. And your first ten minutes are free. Your first consultation comes at fifty percent off. <laughs> we will prorate in that case if you use the. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. Cool. Well, I'm excited for next week. I'm, you know, I continue to be excited for college football, even though I, I evidently don't have my finger on the pulse, but that's okay. Yeah. We all we all find hot hot streaks and cold streaks. Listen, we've all we've all got different pulses in life that that are going on at any given moment. Right. So you are forgiven. Trying to check real quick. Uh, Florida's upcoming schedule is kind of interesting. They could go on a little bit of a run here. Charlotte, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, then Georgia. Okay. Mm. So 
if they can keep some things on the rails, away games have been a bugaboo for for Mr. Napier. Uh, I think that Florida's won like once on the road under Billy so far, yeah. which is not good. Uh, and then the Colts lost last year to Vanderbilt. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Four winnable games upcoming before Georgia. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. All right. That's all I got for you guys. Shall we? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can uh, just go there, review the picks, make sure Jason is not sandbagging. Um, and uh, and you can listen to the show there too. You can also get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.